Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to my podcast, second chance. Imagine falling in love with someone you can't kiss, someone you can't hold hands with and can't even go on a date with. Well, this is the reality for most people dating prisoners. On this podcast, you've previously heard from Aaron Howerton, an inmate inside Monroe Correctional Facility in the United States, where he's destined to spend the remainder of his life behind bars. This didn't stop him falling in love and getting engaged to Lenara Ferreira, who I speak to in this episode. Thanks for agreeing to, to come onto the podcast to, to have a chat with me. It's nice to meet you in person, actually. Nice to meet you too. <laughs> Thank Although you Although it's me. via Squadcast, which is our platform for recording these interviews. Where, where are you at the moment? So I am in a very small city in the south of Brazil called Mafra. That's home, is it? Yes. Uh, I was born in Curitiba, a very close city from here, bigger city. But uh, I live here now, yeah. And, and how are you today? Great. I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Good. Well, look, I mean... As you know, I've spoken to your fiance, Aaron Howerton, twice now in two episodes of my podcast. And in the last episode, which for the listeners, episode 41, Aaron shared with me his relationship with you. We talked about how you guys met, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought it would be interesting to, to hear from you. We've heard a lot from Aaron about his ordeal and his experience, and he as the listeners will know, and for those who don't know, Aaron is currently, Aaron Howerton is currently being held in a corrections facility in the United States of America, serving a life sentence for murder without parole. Um, he's been there for, for more than 27 years, and he's hoping that he's, his behavior over those years or his time served and his progress, for what of a better word, 
that will allow the system to to reconsider his his sentence, i.e., spending the rest of his natural life in prison. But before we get to 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 Aaron and your relationship, I just wanted to learn a little bit more about you. So we now know that you reside in Brazil. What, what do you do for a living, Lenara? And tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, right now I'm a, um, I'm an English teacher. I teach English as a second language here in Brazil. And I've been working as an English for about six, seven years already. And before that, I used to work with my sister in our family business in, in a store. I'm, I actually have a bachelor's degree in business. So, yeah. So, so what was the business? What is the business interest? So it's a decoration store. Yeah. Decoration Does that mean store. you're good at decorating? Um, I would like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not just your head, you can use your hands as well. Yeah. How long have you been an English teacher? And and who do you do you teach? Is it young students or adults? Yeah, so I used to work at um, a school that has, you know, children from, you know, four years old until older people with 78 years old. So I had students that were toddlers until... 80 years old. I had one student that was was 83 years old. She was excellent. She was wonderful. (laughs) And how long have you been talking English? I say talking English because I I suspect that Portuguese is is your your mother tongue. Where did you learn to speak English? Was you self-taught or did you spend time here in the United Kingdom or somewhere else where there is English language speaking? Yeah, so uh, I started learning when I was 11 years old. I started at a language school too. And after that, I, I haven't stopped. I, I don't think it's a, it's a thing that you can stop when you're learning another language. You just, you have to keep learning. It's a, it's a lifelong commitment. And Do you speak any other languages? Uh, I can understand Spanish. I, I don't speak very much but I can understand Spanish French too and yeah but not so much I can say that I speak this these languages no <laughs> it's more than what I I mean when I was in Brazil I obrigado is probably about the only word that I I kind of remember uh, and even then I used to say gracias to people <laughs> because Portuguese is very similar to Spanish yes okay well now we know who Lenara is what she does where she lives Let's talk a little bit about how you first met Aaron. Okay, so that was that's an interesting story, actually. So a year ago, when all this madness started, I found myself with a lot of time on my hands because schools were closed and I couldn't, you know, uh, continue my work uh, the way I was used to. So I decided to use that time in a productive way, I think you could say that. And I was listening to a podcast where they were uh, explaining the benefits of having pen pal and in prison. It was they were talking about the U.S. So I don't know exactly how it works here in Brazil. Um, I don't think we we do have access to to the prisoners don't don't have access to internet or tablets or technology for that for what it's worth. But I 
did did my research and uh, I decided that I wanted to start writing people. And I picked, I selected, you know, 10 guys and 10 women from different states, different places. And I wanted to get to know them, their backgrounds, their upbringings, how how they were raised, how were like their childhoods and what led them to be where they were at that moment. Because that's a shock of reality sometimes because I, I had a very good upbringing. I had a relatively uneventful childhood and teenage years. So for me, it's just a, a way of understanding different realities that otherwise I, they were never clash. So I wanted to understand and if possible, you know, help, you know, in any way. So after that, it's just, uh, it's been a, it's been a journey, a very interesting journey. I, I learned a lot about people and I learned a lot about the American justice system. And I can say that it's not, it's not very fun most of the time because there are lots of wrong things happening and you feel a little bit powerless and helpless because you can't do much to help and you want to but you can't so being their connection to the outside world sometimes make a huge difference and I think people underestimate that kind of Uh, friendship and kind of communication because you know you think that you're going to be writing someone and maybe you don't think of the impact that you're having on that person's life but it's a it's a good impact so but of course you have to 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 be careful and and you know do your research and look for all the pros and cons and maybe see how the prison rules are for the people that you're writing to be careful of the things you write so you don't you know cause any trouble for them so it's uh it's good that you understand a few things before you start writing so um and was this part of your research as you decided because you've obviously it's quite a big step to one thing listen to a podcast which talks about pen pals and and the strength of writing to a prisoner etc it's another thing actually switching off the podcast and then deciding I'm going to actually do that. Was that because you have an interest in social justice? Is it because you were more fascinated with what goes on inside a prison? And so by writing to somebody who's in prison, you could find out more about the stuff that you were interested in. Yeah, I think it, it all started with my curiosity and wanting to to understand how life is inside and if it is how you see in documentaries and what you see in movies and um you know it's just a curiosity that you that I used to have. But when you start uh writing people there you notice that it's even worse <laughs> sometimes. So you have to be prepared emotionally and mentally to to all all this exchange that you're going to have with people inside because sometimes it it can be very heavy 
to to know how many injustices they went through and that they keep enduring inside and the treatment they get it's just far from ideal i'm not even saying just in the us i'm, I'm i know i realize that here in brazil we have so many problems with the the system too but <laughs> we don't have the death penalty here we don't have life sentences here so it's a little bit different because this is not a reality here so how did you select 10 people i mean what was your criteria when you decided you were going to write to 10 men and 10 women and were you looking at people who were serving a particular sentence or was it driven by the crime that they committed or was it simply you know the the information that you could find out about them based on the research that you did so if you are not familiar with it there's many penpal websites online where you can go in and there's a profile just like on social media maybe and you can you know, select people that have maybe the same interests as you. So you can have a lot to talk about and you can select people. It depends on, on the reasons behind why you decide to write. So I selected different kinds of, of people from different states. Some of them that were very young, that just started their sentence and they have a, a different mentality too because they just started maybe a very long sentence that they have ahead of them and some with virtual life sentences and haven't written anybody on death row yet because I think that's something I, I'm not sure if I'm prepared to have and develop a friendship, a friendship with somebody that could potentially die <laughs> at any moment. So I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Might be in the future, I'm not sure. But when you're serving, for example, uh, like let's use Aaron's case as an example. When I started writing him, he was serving a life, life, sentence, life sentence without the possibility of parole. And now things have changed a little bit, but because of laws change they tend to change with time and he has now the opportunity to go and revisit his case and and you know potentially go out in a couple months but that was not the reality when i met him and you can see that with every attempt of getting for for example in december he had his clemency hearing and he got denied and you can see how much hope is involved in every step and how much it devastates people after they get denied. Or, you know, he has been through that so many times over the years. He's been there over 27 years now. So for him, it's not exactly news, but for everybody else involved, his family, you know, people that care about them, it's devastating too because they want him home it's only natural but you know it's it's a very intense thing that if you commit to it you have to be aware of that if you commit to writing someone you have to be aware of that it can be intense at times 
Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. And did you, in the end, write to 10 men and 10 women? I did. You, you did. And did you get replies from all 20 people? Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's, it's like everywhere else, like in, in, in the outside too, you can find good and bad people everywhere. So I had a few weird experiences especially with men, but uh, that was... You give um, me an example when you say weird experiences. Give me one example. So I was not in, initially... You, I was The first email that I sent was uh, outlining every uh, intention that I had by writing to them. So I didn't want people to have the wrong idea or understand things like in the wrong way and I didn't want them to think that I was looking for something that I wasn't if I can put it that way so people they sometimes they they ignore that part uh some people just uh it's understandable too but I had to cut a few people off along the way because um I could notice that their intentions were not the same as mine and that was not going to lead to a healthy friendship moving forward. And sometimes they would straightforward just ask for money or ask for something that I, I wasn't intending to do or, you know, that, that was not my intention initially. I mean, it was never. <laughs> I mean, I'm a teacher in Brazil, <laughs> so... No, I was more of a moral support or, you know, trying to 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 make them understand that not all people are are going to treat them badly or, you know, because of their upbringing, I, I noticed that most of them, they don't have a good relationship with their families. Sometimes they don't have anybody outside that care about them or care for them. So it's important that you realize that sometimes you're going to be the only good influence in their lives and it's a commitment but I mean you have to be aware that sometimes people are not going to have the best intentions either so what what was it about the reply you got from Aaron that started your friendship that then developed into is relationship the right word? Because I suppose that's a difficult thing to develop over correspondence, but no doubt it did in some way, shape or form. So tell me a little bit about that. So Aaron, he's a, it's a very uh, particular case. I think you, you are uh, familiar with his case now and, and people that listen to the podcast are already aware of what he went through. And when I realized how... I mean, how much struggle he went through and his story and the way he he treats people and all the good things he could do even inside of prison. There's something that I say sometimes to him that I feel almost like intimidated because he has done so many things inside. His resume has three pages and uh, I feel a little bit like uh, that I haven't used my time wisely <laughs> for years because it's just uh, he's inside and he has done so many good things for so many people. And it's not the same for me. I mean, I, I looked up 
to him, and I admire that his drive to do good things for good for for people, and you know he doesn't really ask anything in return. Just yeah. What was the turning point then? What was it? I mean, you say that you know he's his activities in prison and his uh, personality overwhelmed you, but what was it? And and at what point did your correspondence develop into more? Okay, that's that's a good question. I don't think there was one specific moment. You know, uh, I think it was just a combination of many factors and many, many situations. So he was always very respectful and, and, you know, almost walking on eggshells with trying not to say the wrong thing or trying not to say things that could potentially harm the friendship that we had. So I think it was gradual. We used to, to, to correspond a lot every day, more than once a day, you know, through email. Was that physical letters? Was you writing letters, spraying it with perfume and sending it in the post? Or was it via email? You're shaking your head vigorously <laughs> as if to say no. <laughs> no, uh, it's, um, I don't think it's allowed <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I, I understand the curiosity. But no, I, I have written a few letters to him, but mostly through email. He has access to email inside. So uh, considering where I am right now, it's faster to to write emails because letters. We try letters sometimes, but it takes more than a month or two sometimes to reach me. So <laughs> it's not convenient. So we use emails. And mostly. and are those emails monitored by the prison guards? I mean, do they read everything that you send to him? Yeah, they are. They are monitored. Uh, so. Every email that you write, you have to be aware that other people are going to read. So the people that work in the prison, they are going to screen. So they are going to read and see if there are words that are not allowed or, you know, if you're not doing anything that's not legal or, you know, going, passing information that it's not legal. And you have to always keep in mind of what you write because this is going to be read by by many people before it reaches him so that's and how do you feel about that because as your friendship develops into more I suspect that the correspondence became more intimate in your your expressions to each other as as your friendship developed does that make you feel uncomfortable that the guards might be reading some of your most intimate thoughts and feelings towards Aaron? Um, So I wouldn't say uncomfortable, but it's definitely a strange way of developing a a relationship with somebody that you're always going to have lots of other people in the relationship too. So it's, it's not ideal. You have to be very careful of what you write, but at the same time, not everything is is definitely read by people. They screen, and if they find some some words that are not allowed, they just uh, decline the email or the letter. So, you know, just have to be careful. That's, that's... the email is a word, so these are words, electronic words. 
at what point did you actually i mean you probably in the pen pal website had a picture of of aaron at what point did you actually get to see each other because it's one thing developing a relationship through words but then there must have come a point if it wasn't at the very beginning where you both saw each other and did that uh, manifest into you physically seeing each other i.e have you been to visit Aaron in the corrections prison in, in the United States so um no uh we have available now we have only video visits that are basically just like Skype calls but through all the screening all the the surveillance of the prison so it's monitored too, it's recorded and monitored too. And uh, they are visits through the kiosk machine that they have in, in prison. But I haven't been to the US to visit him yet because of COVID. <laughs> so we met during COVID, so um, borders are not open yet. I know that visitations have already started, in-person visitations have already started in his facility but I couldn't go yet because the borders <laughs> and so no we just see each other through through video visits we have at least two or three a week that's that's I mean people will find that that fascinating that you can develop and, and, and that you can develop a relationship just via words on a computer and face to face but I suppose people do it all the way it, it, by using other means of social media people develop relationships on Instagram or Twitter or like you say through Skype and Facebook so it feels slightly unusual probably because he's in prison serving a very long time and has in, has been in prison I suppose some people will wonder if um, and don't take offense by my questions. It's just more curiosity. But I, I suppose people will wonder if if you're gullible or vulnerable and that you've fallen into a trap of manipulation by a prisoner who has has mastered the art of wooing a vulnerable, gullible woman who finds the idea of somebody in prison, the danger of somebody in prison, exciting and magnetic you're shaking your head again vigorously that's not the trap no. <laughs> tell me why no 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 uh so that's an excellent question that i i was hoping you would ask because uh there's there's always the stereotype of women that write uh my dogs that's <laughs> always the stereotype of women that write uh prisoners or vice versa men that write women in prison that are definitely looking for a relationship, which is not, which was not my case at all. It was just a curveball. And there's always this stereotype, which is a little bit annoying if I, if I am honest, because uh, not all people have the same intentions. And I understand, I realize, I, I noticed already that there are lots of ladies that they write for all the wrong reasons and they instigate fights you know even like when you're when you're starting to to when i did my research um lots of websites they recommend that you don't write for example more than one person in the same facility 
because of all the confusion and all the the problems it can potentially bring to the people involved. Because if you're talking to somebody, then eventually they are going to talk about it or discuss and maybe fight even over a friendship or a case of a girl over a girl. So it's just, and there are people, there are ladies that I know do that deliberately. They just do that to create drama, to create confusion. And that's very sad because they are doing this for all the wrong reasons and they are not actually helping anybody, you know, but that's going to happen anywhere regardless. You know, they are going to, if they do that with prison pen pals, they're going to do that in real life too. So uh, it's just drama, but I don't, I don't agree with that. Oh, with, with, without a doubt. And can I ask, when you wrote to the other 19 people, are you still in correspondence with some of them or are you completely done with that and you're just focused on Aaron? Because I suppose that in itself must be a full-time job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, no, uh, I still I still have a few, a few people that I write because of that commitment that I told you about. You know, you have to, to understand that sometimes you were the only person, you were the only lifeline or only contact that these people have with the outside world, especially those people that are, are serving, you know, long sentences or life sentences. So they sometimes they lose our, all their friends from the outside. And sometimes it's even a good thing. They lose family members if they are there for, for a very long time. They ended up losing their family and so you end up being, you know, source of hope for them. So it's not, if the friendship is still healthy and, you know, it, you feel like you're being able to provide them with some kind of help, it, it's valid to continue. I think it's important to continue. So, and Aaron is, he's always saying that's, Sorry, I forget the words in English. Um, let, let me ask, have you thought about the the reality of, of your situation? I mean, obviously you have, but I mean, the reality that, you know, you're developing a relationship, we've used the word fiancé, but have you thought about the reality of two things? One, Aaron never actually being released, so he's not successful in his attempts to get clemency and be released, given his sentence is life without the possibility of parole. And two, let's say that that, that does happen, the reality of, of what your relationship would be like in the real world as opposed to the virtual world. Have you given both of those ideas thoughts? I'm sure you have many times, but what what is your thinking? So, yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine last night about it, actually, because um, I don't think he realizes how much the world has changed since 1995. And sometimes it's even complicated for me to explain a few things, like simple things that we take for granted in our daily lives. For him, it's just alien you know, having a cell phone, uh, a smartphone or, um, you know, Wi-Fi, it's everything is, is just all of this is just alien for him. He hasn't seen these things at all. So, yes, he has a tablet in there. He, he you know, has contact with that. But 
it's not the same. So I think it's going to be a real shock for him when he's released, if he's released. But hopefully, yes, <laughs> it's going to be a shock for him. And I mean, I have to be prepared to be very patient and try and see how I can help with that shock of reality. But you do realize, surely, that those challenges are going to be minor in comparison to the psychological challenges that he will face. The reality of being in your company, you, you know, spending time in your in your space or you in his space. Surely you give that, that some thought. I'm just trying to reflect on my own experience and my experience of talking to other people who have been in prison, come out of prison and tried to build relationships with people that they knew before they went inside, let alone people that they've met during their time in, in, in prison. Does that, does that bother you, frighten you? Does it excite you? I mean, what's your thinking? Of course, it, it concerns me a lot because I think he's going to need a lot of therapy <laughs> when he gets out. And, and that's, that's something that we have already discussed and, and all the things that he went through like since he was a kid and he hasn't had any, he had treatment in prison. He had, you know, therapy in prison, but he's going to need to go through extensive therapy. And I'm not equipped to help him in that aspect, but I can only be, you know, a, a support system, not as much as, you know, a professional help, but, you know, just a support system. I think it's very important too, you know, to have someone that cares about them. And yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. Are, are you in love with, with Aaron or are you in love with the idea of what your relationship could be like? <laughs> okay. I'm not comfortable answering that question, I think. <laughs> is that a difficult question to answer? Uh, I think it is. It is. It is a very difficult question to answer. Why? Because we haven't met, actually. So it's it's complicated to answer, you know, with like being sure of my answer. So what, what about your feelings? What are your feelings for, for Aaron? I mean, you've explained articulately about, you, you know, how your relationship developed. Um, and I suspect it's along the same lines of how many of these relationships through pen pals or visiting prisoners um, d develop, you know, in the same way they do on the outside. People get to know each other. They, they find each other physically attractive, et cetera, et cetera, intellectually, et cetera, et cetera. But where would you say your, your feelings are towards Aaron then? Um, so, okay, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, so I want to believe that it's um, – that you won't change once we meet because I'm hoping that it's going to be successful. And as we, as we always hope when, when you're in a relationship. So I think it's, uh, I think it's, we're on the same page, you know, I admire him a lot and I think he's a wonderful person. And yeah, I think it all starts with you admiring that person and, and, you know, wanting to be with them. So it's it's mutual so I, I think and is it equal do you believe that what he has to offer you is on a par with what you have to offer him because I, I asked the question earlier whether you 
or people think that you're gullible or vulnerable, um, do people ask the opposite question about whether he's gullible and vulnerable because he's a prisoner and in desperate need of love and support and and having a relationship with an attractive woman like you on the outside is, you, you, you know, I, I say kudos, I can't think of the right word, but, you, you know, given his situation, I found it incredible when he said to me that he hadn't kissed a woman for, for 27 years, you know, and you could potentially be, hopefully, the first woman that he kissed in, in all that time. And I, I just can't get my head around the, the responsibility and the, the pressure um, that must be on you as well as him. But these are the things that, that I'm thinking about and I'm sure other people are thinking about. But I ask, do you think that he is he is vulnerable while he's in prison? Yeah. So that that is part of many conversations that we had already. And uh, I think he's a very... I don't think he likes to admit that, but sometimes I think he's a very innocent person. You know, he only sees good in people. And I think it's just because he he wants to see the good in people. And, and sometimes that's just not ideal when he, he's in the situation that he's at. Because people are sometimes they they don't have the best intentions, you know, and not I'm not saying it it's a two way street you know you can you can have a situation where someone outside is trying to 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 do something kind of maybe not so good or honest with somebody inside and you can have people in on the inside not with the best intentions so i think i noticed straight away that he had like the best intentions and lots of stories that i've heard from him it's that he has a, a problem sometimes you know trusting the wrong people so it's it's a very complicated situation i think you know he doesn't have he doesn't feel like people would do any harm or any anything to hurt him or or in any way but that's not always the case so it's complicated i've spoken to aaron in detail about the crime for which he's in prison uh, and how he's coped in the time that he's been in prison um, and what that's done to him as a person and and his responsibilities for his involvement in that crime so I don't want to talk to you about the details, obviously, because Aaron is best placed, even though I'm sure you have a view. But does it not bother you? Or what do you think about the fact that you are developing and have built a relationship with, with a man who has been convicted of murder and quite a, a heinous murder at that, or at least his involvement in, in, in that crime? What, what do you think about the, the crime for what he is in prison for does that bother you Nara? so uh i want to make that very clear that i don't in any way possible i don't condone anything like that i don't agree with uh <laughs> any crimes at all and or whatever he was involved in and his case is just it has lots of nuances that people sometimes have a hard time wrapping their, their, their head around it. And 
his, his case is it's a little bit complicated but because he was he was charged with murder even though he's he has never killed anybody but his involvement in this i am not i'm not the one to judge you know because i we have had like extensive conversations about that and the in, in the impression that i have is that at that time he was he was homeless i'm not trying to justify by any means whatever he did but he was homeless and he was hanging with the wrong crowd and just ended up in a very complicated situation and he was handed a life prison at 18 years old so i i can't even imagine what went through his mind when he received his sentence you know i it's not my place to to judge or or criticize or say oh you should have done that you shouldn't you know it doesn't change the reality that he's at right now and he changed quite a bit since um since he first went to prison so i try not to to judge anybody for what they they did of course there are certain situations that i have my reservations i haven't written for example people that were accused of domestic violence or rape or child related crimes so that's something that i have a difficult time just dealing with and um that's not his case so he was in the on a very complicated situation when he was a teenager and it was just that it is what it is yeah no and 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 i hear you um uh, and we all have our moral compasses of what we are prepared to accept not accept what's palatable to one person is not necessarily to 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 another so i hear you on that what what does the future hold then i mean what do you hope for the future for for your relationship with with aaron and and his chances of of being released so that you can build on what you started yeah so right now the 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 hopes and the the plans and the goals are still a little bit foggy and blur because uh we can't really make so many plans because of of the pandemic but but i hope that you know this time it, it's just not not just hope but that he can actually be released that he can go home you know and that i can be part of it it's a really difficult question because i i desperately want to say and at what point do you say right is uh, enough is enough because as you said you're 33 years old you're a young attractive woman i've said that twice now you know the world is your oyster you live in brazil you could travel the world you can meet other people develop other relationships and i apologize to aaron as if I'm talking you into that's not my intention but you, you know people will will be thinking and I'm thinking you know you could be in a relationship on the outside that is fulfilling in the same way that your relationship with Aaron is fulfilling although remotely why are you not thinking that so that's a it's a good question actually so I think when I when I started writing Aaron I I it wasn't at all my intention to develop a relationship and and I don't think it was his intention either 
because uh, as he said, as he mentioned, I think when, when he first went to prison, he had a girlfriend and he decided that it was time to let her go. And he didn't want to keep any kind of relationship with anybody when he was inside because uh, of all the, the, the burden or the, the, the things that come with it because he's in there and there's not so much I can do to make him more comfortable or, you know, there's a, a, a lot of, there are lots of things that I can't do being in a relationship with him. But, you know, so I have traveled to a lot of places um, and I have been, you know, to, to, to many places, um, have been in a long-term relationship before. But I think that there, there comes a time in your life, I'm not saying that, I might be mistaken, but there comes a time where you need to decide and you need to weigh what is what what makes you feel fulfilled and and what's not going to make you fulfilled and that's why I changed professions um you know after a while and and I think that's important for people to understand that it's okay if it doesn't work it's fine too you know and I mean you you only have one life so you need to you know, enjoy as much as you can when when you're handed with with something so precious and so uh, special as I was. So, it's it, I mean, your story is incredible. Aaron's story is incredible, and it's interesting. You, you know that these things happen in a world where people often shun those who are locked behind bars because you know there is you know, that school of thought that they deserve to be there or they wouldn't be there. And then there's the other school of thought that thinks, you know, prisons are a reflection of our societies and the way we treat human beings in prison is important because it reflects how we treat humans on the outside. Yeah. Interesting, fascinating. And I do appreciate you sharing these intimate details about how your relationship with the prisoner developed for, for you what have I not asked you that you'd like to share with us? Is there anything that I've not asked you, Nara, that you think is important for people to, to know or to understand, particularly about your relationship with Aaron, your decisions, your desires, your thoughts, your behavior, your whatever, your whatever? Right. So I think what, I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what, what people are going to, take from our conversation but what I want to emphasize is when I decided to write uh, I had a very uh, clear idea in my mind that I wanted to help people because you know the studies uh, around this uh, pen pal situation is they are very extensive and they show that uh, for example people that have a good connection with the outside world they tend to to not reoffend in the future if you have a good relationship with somebody that they know care about them it, it gives them a sense of hope and that not all people are just as bad as they think they are so it's important for people to understand that this is crucial for our society in general because if you have someone that it's not going to reoffend you're going to you're not going to have more victims and you know it's a it's something that really helps and 
maybe even if you think it doesn't, you know, if you're writing one person and and you develop one friendship and I mean my my relationship and my personal life was was just an accident, uh something that happened, but it doesn't necessarily have to go that path or that way. You can you can have um you know, a lifetime of helping people and just uh, developing great friendships. I have great people that I write to that are wonderful people and they're really trying to get, you know, their, their life, their lives back. And I think that's the, the most important thing when you when you decide to write. Have that in mind that you're gonna you're gonna be not that you're gonna be you know changing their lives, but uh, that you're gonna be helping you know potentially somebody that would reoffend if they were just thrown back to to the same place they they came from. You have you know, the opportunity to tell them that if they study or if they take some courses inside, if they are, you know, given the opportunity to, and that would make all the difference, you know, and I think that's, that's really important to emphasize. And, and you did it very well. One last question from, from me, when you, and it goes back to the beginning of the conversation, when, when you were listening to that podcast, what what was it that, that that motivated you? I mean, was you inclined to do that before you listened to that podcast, or was it the power of what you heard on that podcast that you thought I've never really thought about that? Maybe I'll have a look at that and see what difference I can make. What was the 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 PowerPoint? Uh, I think most people are aware of how complicated the American justice system is. So I, I was aware of that, but I, I, I didn't have like the, the tools to understand that in some, so much, so many details. And I didn't know they, they had access to email at the first, uh, the first time I, I heard that. I thought, okay, you know, because writing handwritten letters is just for me, where I am geographically right now, it's just too much. It's complicated. So when I realized that they have access to emails, that was, oh, I should do that because um, it's potentially going to be something that that's going to help somebody. So it's, um, it's a, a decision that I that I made and, and I follow through. Excellent. Well, look, Lenara, thank you so much for, for coming on to the podcast and sharing your journey, your insights, your thoughts with us about a your relationship with Aaron, why you know writing to someone in prison can develop into an important friendship, not just for the prisoner but also people on the outside because it helps change their perception about what prison is really like, what prisoners are like, and what difference that really small but significant email can do or you know handwritten letter can do to reduce reoffending or reduce you know the next victim etc so thank you so much for coming on to the show and, and extending um conversations with with aaron Lenara. thank you so much of course thank you for having me <laughs> Thank you, Lenara, for sharing your insight into the world of loving a prisoner. 
I know from my own time inside that having a glimpse of normal life is certainly cherished. Thanks for listening to this episode and please share and follow us on social media. It'd be great if you could rate and review on the site where you listen to this podcast. If you want to support or advertise on this show, please get in touch. If you think I should get someone on the show, drop me a direct message via Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook or any other means you have to make contact. Audio editing is by Audio Avalanche. The original music is by J-Row Productions. The cover design work is by Studio Minerva. Our guest booker is Tegan Parsons and me, your host, Raphael Rowe. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.